You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. It's not often that a celebrity obtains fame, then immediately turns their attention to helping others. But that's the story of my next guest. Pikelet is Insta-famous. His account, Life of Pikelet, has 189,000 followers at the last time that I looked. It's probably more now. He's a Staffordshire Terrier and rescued from a pound by owner Callie Gibson. Now he uses his fame to help save other animals. Pikelet, Callie, welcome to Kindling Kids Radio. Hi, thanks for having us. I should mention now we have, um, unfortunately, Pikelet does not have his own microphone, so <laughs> we may or may not hear him and I'll, I'll address the questions to you, Callie. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yep, that's fine. Um, have you always had a passion for rescue dogs? Yeah, I well, I guess it came from somewhere. Um, I, I was I wouldn't say that I was born into you know knowing everything about rescue dogs. I think like many people, um, I didn't really know much about pound dogs and rescue dogs and all that sort of stuff until I just on a whim decided I wanted to do some volunteer work. And I thought, what better volunteer work is there than working with dogs? So I started volunteering at a pound. And that was about 10 years ago. Not really a pound, sorry, shelter. And then ever since then, it's just become quite a passion. Obviously, at the moment, you're... um you and Pikelet mm-hmm. are kind of doing a bit of a tour with the book, The Extraordinary Life of Pikelet, which details how you guys met from Pikelet's perspective. Mm-hmm. Not to be too much of a spoiler on the book, but how did you first meet Pikelet? Yeah, so um, Pikey was found as a stray in Western Sydney on the streets um, and taken to a vet and had his microchip scanned, which actually proved that he didn't have a microchip, so he didn't belong to anybody. And so he ended up at a a pound. And because he had some deformities in his legs and his back, uh, which came from a condition called rickets, where he just wasn't, like he was malnourished basically, um, he was then moved to death row because no one seemed to want him, even though he was a very cute little puppy, he just looked a bit different. And it was a rescue group that found him, a rescue group called Big Dog Rescue. Um, and normally they rescue big dogs, as as the title suggests, but they do love their staffies. And they, they called us and said, look, there's a baby, puppy in the pound, on death row, he needs a foster carer, will you guys take him? And, you know, how could I say no to that? So, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it's that idea of death row, I think most people know that if dogs aren't fostered out or if they're not adopted and they're at a pound that they get euthanized. Mm-hmm. How common is it? I mean, that was what was going to happen to Pikelet. But yeah. how, do you know how many dogs are euthanized, euthanized each? Uh, look, I don't know the exact number, but it is in, in the hundreds of thousands a year in Australia. Um, not, not in America or England. Like people seem to think, oh, those statistics are from overseas. They're not. It's in Australia. And the reason why dogs end up on on death row is not because Australia is overrun by stray dogs and they're all just breeding like street dogs in sort of um, third world countries. They're, they're there because people sort of 
sometimes have this impulseness to, to acquiring a pet. So they see a puppy either in a pet shop or online and they think, oh yeah, that's super, super cute. And then when they get them home, um, you know, there's a lot more work to owning a dog as most dog owners would know. And, you know, sometimes circumstances change and they haven't really thought about that. And this is why dogs end up on death row. So, you know, Pikelet was probably on death row, our best guess, because he was bred in someone's backyard for profit and he didn't look right because they probably didn't put a lot of effort into him um, and he didn't get all the the nutrition that he needed from his mama. And because he didn't look right, he was probably turfed out because I just don't see how a little five-week-old puppy has enough in him to dig a hole under the fence and escape and then survive, you know. So, yeah. So, it so is, he was dumped is what you're saying. Yeah, I'd say so, you know. I just have to mention now, I'm not sure how sensitive our microphones are, but Pikelet has this very contented little uh, – it's not even a snore. I don't know how it's to describe that. He's, of, got, he's yeah, just he's relaxed. He is <laughs> so lovely because Kelly is here and giving him a nice pat while he's he just looks so content. And it's so interesting, Kelly, because um, this idea of Pikelet being Insta-famous, mm. it, it just shows how – what potential he had as as, a, as an animal, do you know? Like, yeah. um, I guess my question is, you your background is photography, but when mm-hmm. you saw him as well, were you instantly like, I'm going to be taking photos of this dog? Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I, I had already been fostering and I, as you said, my background is in photography and also advertising. So I sort of had a an idea to start promoting rescue dogs, particularly the ones that we were fostering and F- Pikelet being a foster dog to start with. I wanted to promote them in the same way that all these other Instagram dogs are sort of championed. Like, you know, to me, a lot of the dogs on social media are famous for no reason. People are just taking photos of them and sort of glamorizing them. And it's great. Like, they're cute photos and everything. But I thought, you know why not market these dogs that people have made the decision are not good enough in the same light and prove that they're wrong? And and I think that's sort of what has become the success of Pikelet is that, you know, he is a very good-looking dog and he's a breed that people desire. They pay lots of money for this particular breed, which is a staffy. Um, and I think seeing that, you know, he was this little Aussie battler, you know, that his his adoption fee was three hundred and fifty dollars, you know, and and here he is, this this amazing dog who is just like every other dog out there, you know. There's no difference between a rescue and a. So how did you get to the point of? understanding that Pikelet was going to stay and he wasn't just a foster? Well, it did take a couple of weeks because we did have another foster puppy at the same time. And, um, you didn't you know, want to play favourites? No, that's right. <laughs> and I had made a, an agreement with my husband when we started fostering um, that I would not put him in the position of saying, I want to keep this dog um, with any of our fosters. And normally what happens in foster care when people foster for the first time they do what's called foster fail. So usually it's the first dog or cat that you ever foster you usually keep because people don't, you know, they don't think that they could say goodbye. Um, But we didn't do that. So Pikelet was our third foster. And, yeah, a few weeks into it, I just realised he was a really chill puppy. 
um, really relaxed, really good with my other two dogs um, that were very small breeds, a little Chihuahua, Foxy, and a little three-legged Spaniel mix. So he was very gentle with them. He wasn't like, you know, too robust. He just fit in really well. So I did start putting the hard word on my husband saying, can we, foster, <laughs> can we adopt him? Can we adopt him? So And he caved. He did cave. Uh, there's an interesting story, which is also in the book, about about his Pikelet's adoption. I don't know if you want uh, me to spoil it. but No, we, let's not spoil it. Yeah. I, want people, I want people to buy the book because what's special about this book is that, and Pikelet, of course, as we've been alluding to, is mm. that the proceeds are going to um, help other animals in his situation. Yeah, that's right. The book is sort of a two-toned effect. One, it's educating, um, you know, Australians about rescue dogs um, in a in a really honest and sort of positive way that I don't think has been done before. Um, also, you know, with a bit of humour. Um, and then the other thing is, is that the book, some of the proceeds do go to support Oscar's Law, which is a really important charity to us. Um, you know, Oscar's Law are fighting, um, you know, the, to have the abolishment of puppy factories and puppy farms in Australia. So, so there's a lot of good that goes into I'm curious, actually, I should remind people who I'm speaking with. I've got <laughs> Callie Gibson here. She, um, I'll have to say co-author. She's the co-author of The Extraordinary Life of Pikelet because Pikelet is the inspiration for this book. It's told from his perspective and Pikelet is an Insta-famous rescue jo- dog. He's a staffy. Um, and I guess what I'm curious about, Callie, as well, because we had a, our pets when I was a kid, they were always from the pound. They were always rescue animals. Right. But I don't know that there's still that kind of attitude amongst families that if they're going to get a pet, they're going to go to a pound, maybe because there are all kinds of breeds. We know more about dogs now. I'm not sure what it is, but if you um, would you recommend going to a pound for families to find a, a dog for a family pet? Yeah, I think actually um, I, look, my feeling is a bit opposite to yours. I actually know a lot of people that weren't aware of, you know, pound dogs and that back in the old days or older days Um, and nowadays it's becoming a bit more fashionable to you know to be able to and people a bit more prouder to say oh look we went and rescued a dog we went and adopted a dog rather than buying one Um, what I would suggest for a first time family that have never owned a dog or even a rescue animal um, one just letting you know that rescue animals are not all damaged and broken and vicious and got problems Um, many times they end up at the pound purely because people have moved house or they've got pregnant or for whatever reason. And they, some of these dogs are well-trained and, you know, housebroken and everything like that. They're brilliant dogs. Um, but what I would suggest is to look for a rescue group rather than a pound for the first-timers because a rescue group will usually put their animals into foster care homes where they're brought up in a, in a home environment and then those foster carers can give you a really good idea about what the animal's needs are, what the personality is, rather than this unknown of buying, well, adopting from a pound or even buying from a breeder where you you literally only know the looks, the aesthetics of the dog. You don't really know anything else. Um, You know, there's a lot more work goes into um, an adoption of a rescue animal as opposed to buying a dog um, from from a... Which makes sense for a family to know... Absolutely. ...what they're getting. Yeah, many of our adopt... 
we, you know, we've fostered over 50 animals in the last couple of years and almost all of our adoptive families are young families with kids, um, you know, and all different breeds, staffies and terriers and, you know, all kinds of greyhounds. They've all gone out to Parker beautiful families. Like he's gone to sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he so loves radio. He, he gets to snooze. <laughs> he doesn't. I don't have to work it. No, that's right. And uh, sorry, I have to bring back to the point where you just mm. said you've had over... 50 rescue animals because yeah. I understand that you don't just take in dogs, you take in pigs, mm-hmm. ducklings. So your husband with this original, I'm not going to keep the puppy, did he realise it was going to no. expand into a menagerie? No, I don't think <laughs> I, any of us realise that, like either of us. I, I honestly never thought I'd be in the position where I'd be fostering a piglet in an, in an <laughs> inner city home. And, you know, like we don't really say, look, we foster pigs like as a general rule. It's just that once we fostered one, we were then offered a second. And I think if we were to foster a third, we'd need a good year break between the last one because piglets are not like dogs. They are like we're having 10 dogs in the one animal. They're incredibly intelligent and you have to be eyes on them at all times. You can't leave them at home by themselves at all. Um, <laughs> very, very smart, but really enjoyable. Like, you know, yeah. we've really enjoyed it. And, you know, my husband, we talk about it. It's always a lot of hard work when we bring in an unusual animal. We've had a couple of ducklings and a baby goat quite recently. Um, we're on on standby at the moment for another unusual animal that um, I'm not, not going to mention just yet. But, you know, it is a lot of hard work, but it's also something that we really enjoy together. And, you know, we can look back on and go, gosh, we didn't live a normal life, you know. Um, we Do you think to... you'll stay in the city? I just have visions of you with a <laughs> farm and like, yeah. Other, like zebras and camels. Oh, God, and... <laughs> I wish. Um, yeah, look, uh, we, we do have a long-term plan, and that is to, um, you know, partly crowdfund as much as we can, but also, obviously, as much of, of our own money invest into a big property where we want to have a, like, an educational sanctuary. So um, rescue, so we're calling it the rescue ranch that we are, sort of, that's our, our end goal for, for us. Um, we want to be close enough to Sydney so that people can still adopt from us. Dogs will always be probably our priority because we really love dogs um, and we love the adoption of dogs and rehoming them. But we would like to be able to take on other animals and um, and sort of help them when we can. So, yeah, eventually, um, you know, I'm, I am a city girl, so I think that would be a bit hard to negotiate uh, mentally. But, I, you know, I'm willing to do that if, if I get to you know, live and breathe animals, which I already do, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like your home is pretty occupied. Yeah. Callie, it's such an awesome story. Um, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. And thank you, Pikelet, who's now asleep. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Pikelet Stoll and Callie Gibson. She's the author of or co-author of The Extraordinary Life of Pikelet. And if you'd like to follow Pikelet on Instagram, we'll include those links online, including a link to the book, The Extraordinary Life of Pikelet. And I've got to say, as a parent who doesn't have an animal, I can just see my children falling in love with Pikelet and all these wonderful dogs. What a great way to, to teach people about rescue animals. Thank you, Callie. Thank you. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.